You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter, Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 191st episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in lovely Orlando, Florida, where it's not all Mickey ears. <laughs> it's not. And turkey legs. Uh, yeah, you got those Thomas Kincaid galleries. Uh, this is Matt, uh, sick as a puppy dog in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, this is uh, Spencer Howe in Boston, Massachusetts. Guys, I'm living my best life right now. Okay. Do you want us to guess why, or no, are you going to No, I'll just tell, tell you why, because I'm happy. I've followed a pro tip, and it, and it turned out to be pretty good. Uh, some with training, maybe you're putting more base miles on, or I'm going to assume uh, no, no. just more embrocation, so like is it, all the time. Is it rolling rolling up the shoulder, rolling oh, up the yeah. arm sleeve so you can get, get a full tan? tan? That's, that's a good That's pro a tip. pretty good pro tip, but no, this is, this is an even more... More underground pro tip uh, than than even that. Um, this this pro tip came from professional cyclist uh, Dan Craven, who's been on the podcast uh, a couple of times. He, uh, yeah. you, you might remember, he was singing the praises of Rusks uh, on the original interview we did with him, and none of us knew what they were. Well, guys, I've I've tracked some down. Um, you know, it was hard. I had to do a lot of searching on amazon briefly to find them oh, wow, briefly. and uh get them delivered to my house no. along with some rubios uh tea which dan also suggested was the perfect pairing with a rusk and uh it might be my new favorite thing they're they're crunchy wow. and good you know, there's so much here you know this is uh i mean it, it, rusk did let me guess you got it at like a whole foods i don't exactly see this at a stop and shop i got it i got it at a little a little uh uh Little known place called Amazon.com. You got Amazon. Okay. Never heard of that. Now, here's a question. I did see on the picture that you had posted about this. I had forgotten it. That it says product of South Africa. Yeah. Now, Dan is the national hero of Namibia. Mm -hmm. And the question is, do they have Namibian rusks or do they import into Namibia? Now, that I don't – I haven't gotten to the bottom of that yet, but uh, I I have a feeling that the South African Namibian lines are a little maybe blurry down there, so. All right. So how would you – is it like a scone? Is it like a biscotti? It's it's more – it's like as if a scone were a biscotti. How about that? Now, is this something that Alan Lim has tried to make in his <laughs> cookbook um, for cyclists, you know, real food out on the road? I don't think so. I, I, I think this uh, is not enough rice-based, um, you know, with cranberries or whatever in it uh, for him. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if I'd eat it out on the road, but it is a perfect uh, a perfect after accoutrement, uh, if you will, for uh, for a good ride in the spring or, uh, or early winter, as it were. Ah, oh, good to know. Mm-hmm. And let's um, we'll keep with some of that Southern Hemisphere news real quick. I wanted to give a shout out. Um, I was telling uh, you guys in the podcast green room, Adam Hansen, aka the Cobbler, 
mm-hmm. was on the Mitch Docker podcast. Um, I highly recommend that to anyone that's listening. Um, just go check it out. It's a really good interview between two top-level professional cyclists, and they talk to Adam about the intricacies of being the um, you know the streak, the Grand Tour streak that he has right now. What his uh, lifestyle is, kind of bouncing between the Czech Republic, where he lives most of the life, most of his uh, year, and going out on the road, and actually about how the Grand Tour is uh, is his place to um, fix things, and that's what uh, keeps him ready. He has a toolbox where he fixes like lights in the hotel room because it drives him nuts. It's it's a great <laughs> interview, so, so check it out. He's constantly cobbling something together. Wow. Yeah, it's no wonder that he also makes his shoes. Yeah. Um, Great stuff. So check so, that out. And Spencer, you were going to talk a little bit about Hanson. Um, you had brought it up kind of yeah, one of his interviews love that about band. being the patron. Uh, so good. You know, they, I mean, they get a lot of trash talk uh, because, you know, people think they were a one hit wonder, but I, uh, you know, Umbop, you know, it, it holds its own even now. It's us. It's catchy. You know, they, they're a regular at Epcot in the, uh, at the food and wine festival at Epcot. So <laughs> if anyone wants to come down and see Hanson, uh, right there. <laughs> I, I forgot what your actual question was, Tim. Well, I was asking about Adam Hansen and all the, the trash talk he was getting mm. at, uh, you know, Tour Down Under because he's like the, the rider representative right. to the UCI. Yeah, what a weird job. What what a weird position to be in. Like, you're trying to be a bike racer and then, and then you've got one guy on your left uh, saying this race is terrible and it should be canceled and you need to do something. You got one guy on the right saying this race is awesome these guys are just soft this race needs to go on and how do you juggle that like that kind of sucks huh yeah it, i i saw that interview too and it, it's gotta really suck especially if you're the one wanting to race or you're laying down the attack at the end you know i mean I, how do people separate your professional life uh, f- working for everybody from the times that then you they right. you know he looks you in the eye and he sticks it to you in the crosswind you know <laughs> like it, yeah. like earlier in the morning supposedly he was listening to you about how you didn't want to race it's too windy and then later he puts you in the gutter um you know and gets gripe all the wind mm-hmm. and then later he adam hansen's trying to be all diplomatic oh no no i hear what you're saying but i did just crush you didn't i <laughs> um that's that's a weird position you know it is it is yeah you know, it's uh, so the tour down under is going on, no, and then a, a quick pivot. Training, we, yeah, well, tra- sorry, the, training the, the, camp. the racing in Australia is going on. Training camp yeah, continues. Um, yeah. We did we did get hit up um, by Ryan Gabriel on Twitter, and um, he hit us up talking about how uh, a rider from Aqua Blue uh, won a race with the one front chain yeah. ring on their bike, and that was pretty big news going around the internet, yeah. and about the setup that they had with the. Uh, you know, some riders going with a 54 tooth chain ring or some down to a, a 51, but then a kind of a straight block um, in-house created cassette from uh, um, 3T that makes the bike. It was it was pretty interesting to see kind of that setup. Hmm. And that goes into a little bit the you know, the big race in Australia right now or the big training camp ride is the Herald Sun Tour. And one of the things that came up was they're doing road construction during the race and the organizers at the last minute discover this road construction. So they had to do a, a gravel sector okay, where they ended up neutralizing it. 
because the commissaires felt it was unfair. Kind of like those, uh, like when the train comes on during a race and then they decide to give the break what their time was at yeah. the start. You know, like, okay, guys, go. You got a 50 second head start. Sure. And that always, like, I always find that amusing where everyone's sitting there together and then they do the old, like, head start thing. Like, okay, let's get back to where you were when you lose all of your momentum and there's not any type yeah. of, you know, um, how are you supposed to get back to that? Oh, but anyways, yeah. I just thought it was kind of interesting. Yeah, that, Training I'm, camp is uh, pretty that was, interesting. That was kind of weird, but I kind of agree with the commissioners on that just because if you don't know going in, right, like maybe that day for whatever reason you put 21s on on, on, <laughs> on the bike, right? And then suddenly yeah. like it's supposed to be the most perfect uh, pavement ever <laughs> and suddenly there's a gravel section and you're spit out the back and and then you got Adam Hansen probably who yeah. showed yeah. up total training mode. He's got 28s on. Um, he's just there cruising. He just doesn't want to get a flat because he wants to just get the solid miles in, you know? And suddenly sure. he's dancing off the front. He doesn't know what happened. He's just floating away from everybody. Um, and it's just not fair, right, for that guy that yeah. rode I mean, 21s. I don't know where he got 21s. Yeah, you, you but- could... You could have woke up that morning and you could have been 65 years old and riding a, a bike from the 70s, probably a Zeus with some nice Zeus 2000 components yeah. with all the drilled out holes. And you might have put the 21s on there because that's all you know. Um, <coughs> but these days, I think uh, any modern bike and any modern equipment and any tire those guys are running could handle that gravel just fine. Yeah. That is, it, yeah. That is my professional opinion. Well, hey, do they um, just. You know, I'm going to jump into Tech Corner. Um, okay. Do do they even make uh, like 19 or 21 tires anymore? They do, definitely for the track. The track. Okay. It's been a while since I've I raced. I on bet the they're track, not even as guys, fast uh, on the track. I bet like a 23 or a 25 would still be faster on the track. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's any circumstance where anything smaller than a 23 makes sense, and probably even a 25, but. Ah, uh, well, anyways, I was just curious if the, if that still exists, because uh, you guys know me, always the technical uh, wizard. Now, we are, in a, just a second, going to get into Cyclocross World Championships, which dominated the weekend. But like any of the big world championships, it is also the time for the press releases to come out from the UCI with what's going on in the world of professional cycling. Uh, okay. Two, three big things. Uh, the first one came up is that the UCI will be starting to implement in the three grand tours and the five mo- or the six monuments of cycling <clears throat> damn messed up the bit that we've been working on 190 episodes <laughs> there guys yeah the six the six monuments of cycling uh-huh. including the japan cup um will have a tv commissaire so this will be a commissaire that will be acting in support to the on the road commissaires so this will be someone watching the replays probably a way to catch the uh you know the infamous uh, towing uh, situations that we have seen in the past where they've had to go to replay later in the day um, and more on the spot uh, um, information going to be relayed to the head commissaire for uh, situations on the road. Any, uh, any, any questions or thoughts on that guys? Uh, a little bit too NFL for you. No, you right? I mean, it's, it's about time. My God. <laughs> well now, so are they gonna, how are they going to work this in? Are they, uh, you know, if they see something, are they going to have to stop the race for, two or three minutes while they review the tape from a couple different angles and make sure they uh, they saw what they thought they saw and then start well, everybody back up again? 
Mm. That's a good question. Do you think Vodders has a challenge flag that he's just going to throw out there? Um, Probably at any moment, and that's going to become strategic <laughs> as well because if he burned his timeouts already, you know, it's a good way to uh, catch a breather. Yeah, I personally, I, I like this move. I think it's a uh, it's a smart move. Uh, we'll see how it's implemented. You know, like most things with the UCI, it's a it's a good idea, but they find some way to just bog down the uh, questions. You know, it's kind of like the. Uh, um, the silicon uh, topography on the skin suits and how they all like the UCI freaked out because FDJ had a problem with it. You know what I mean? Right, like you're just yeah. like, oh, come on, you have like, this is not a violation of the rules. Stick to what you have written. Anyways, UCI is also looking at adding an E mountain bike classification oh, can't to wait. a world championships of some kind. So they are starting to explore E mountain bike racing. Gentlemen, is this the new fat bike of the UCI? It's worse. <laughs> okay. I, is the UCI the new Imba? Is that what you're getting at? I don't know. I I can't even Hang believe on. that I can't even believe they're they're doing it. So with one hand they're freaking out about motors and bikes, and with the other hand, they're freaking out about motors and bikes and how much they want them. It's so stupid. We it, have never even discussed really e mountain biking. We've I've I've discussed the, the full face neon e mountain biker that I see downtown. Uh, on an e fat bike <laughs> that flies by me on the Cedar Lake Trail in the summer, in in a in a with a full faced helmet that matches his bike, but other than that, probably not because it doesn't need to be talked about. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But the, I mean, I think the important thing to to consider here is what what you got to read between the lines. You know what I'm saying? Like. You gotta you see what the UCI is saying, but you need to look at what they're not saying. Okay. And so by acknowledging e mountain bikes before they're acknowledging fat bikes, really it draws a line in the sand for them as far as uh, uh, what we're gonna see. Like we've got fat bike nationals, we've got all these things, but doesn't look like it's gonna be um, heading to world championship status like officially with the UCI. It doesn't look like. Uh, that bodes well for their Olympic bid for fat bikes. Um, well, you know, going going forward here. I mean, that's a good point because really, if they really want to get more biking event events into the Olympics, fat bikes into Winter Olympics is gonna make be an easier case for them than uh, a cyclocross. And it's yeah, insane. Yeah, now 100. They're, they're he- heading. You know, yeah. And now the. We're going to talk. Let's talk real quick about this, um, and then we'll get back to the rest of the um, the UCI meeting news. But the coverage of World Championships on NBC Sports Gold platform, I thought, was fantastic. I thought the commentary was top notch with Anthony McCrossan and Simon. I what's his last name? The uh, gentleman that was Simon Bernie. He wrote the damn Simon book Bernie. on cyclocross. Yeah, he did a fantastic job, and he talks about the issue with um, the. Uh, the IOC's language into the Winter Olympics and how mm-hmm. what's going to actually change it is probably going to be the Track and Field Association, which is trying to get cross-country running put into right. the Winter Olympics. Right. And that's going to be the uh, avenue for cyclocross or, you know, and ultimately maybe. Yeah, to brush up making. everybody. We've talked about it before, but the the rule is, is that for the Winter Olympics, it ha- the sport has to be competed on snow or ice. And while cyclocross can be uh, participated in snow or ice, it doesn't have to be, which is the sticking point why it can't be in. But fat bikes, you could probably make the argument, oh, yeah, they're for snow, you know? Yeah. So. And uh, anyways, I, 
Guys, that coverage from NBC, those those two commentators were just great. Mm-hmm. I loved every second of it. The the drone coverage, I mean, this is what every bike race should aspire to have. Um, you know, we, and we see quality coverage in the UCI Mountain Bike World Cup on uh, mm-hmm. Red Bull TV. Yeah. And we get the five monuments, six monuments, and uh, the three Grand Tours all the time as well. So I, I'm pretty excited. We're pretty lucky to have, at this point, that I no longer need to get into the dark webs oh, yeah. and cool. download who knows what virus on the third computer I've got um, to be able to watch almost all the racing. Um, the final note for U.S. Cyclocross fans and Bill over at Crosshairs Radio and uh, the guys at Bike Shop CX will probably discuss Madison and uh, Iowa City are back on the calendar for the UCI World Cup right around uh, – um, Interbike once again, except it's a flip schedule. The first race will be in Madison, and then the second race will be in Iowa City due to an Iowa Hawkeyes football game. <laughs> How is that All more right. important? Ugh. So All there right. you have it. Cool. Because 70,000 people lock up all yeah, of the uh, hotel rooms. But <laughs> let's get into the big story, uh, gentlemen. What a great weekend of cyclocross action on a muddy course. Anybody that doubts muddy cyclocross racing <laughs> yeah. doesn't know what they're talking no, about. Their and shit. let's get right into it. Um, the last lap of the women's cyclocross world championship between Katie Compton or featuring Katie Compton and Sane Kant had me at the edge of my couch. I didn't know what to do. And even though Katie came up short, that was one hell of a race between those two uh, women and the rest of the field doing well. But, oh, my God, that was top-notch racing. That's what the sport's all about. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That was brutal, though, man. That was brutal. It was, uh, it was one of those courses that, uh, yeah, like it left no doubt, you know, there wasn't, uh, there wasn't a section or, or a feature or something weird that somebody, you know, nobody got a flat tire that, that cost it. There was no question marks on that race at all. It was just like pure tractor pull, like mano a mano. Um, and Sana came out on top and, uh, I mean, we've we've gotten word from Katie that uh, she is thrilled with second place. She was like, I absolutely left everything out there. I could not do better. Sana was just better than me today, and I am 100% okay with second place. So, I mean, it's easy to look at that result and be like, man, she must be pissed. She was so close, but she's not at all, which is awesome. Yeah. Did Katie Compton... Her legacy is the greatest American cyclocross racer of all time. And this was this was the year. I also would argue that she's probably the most unlucky cyclocross racer of all time and that she her career is surrounded by unbelievable world class like athletes, Marianne Voss, Kant being two of the main ones. She's almost like Carl Malone in the NBA, in that, you know, the best player to never win the championship. And I, I don't want that to be the, the you know the defining factor. But man, we were all like the entire world was rooting for her, and that was not a knock on Sane Kant. And you're just like, I hope next year she can get it. You know, it was just oh, so close. It was so nerve wracking. Yeah, it was very good. And I mean, you know, I, um, she took that lead in the third lap, and and, and yeah, you felt like it was actually it was really really going to happen uh, this year. I mean, it, it, that race went back and forth between those two. Um, yeah, oh, such a good battle. And yeah, and other great performances. Uh, on the U.S. side and then across um, the board in the women's race. Again, a full uh, debrief will happen over at uh, Crosshairs Radio. Into the men's side, the conversation of the day was Matthew Vanderpool and if he was going to be able to win because he was the odds-on favorite. 
um, here at the podcast. I, I we don't all think chose, I don't we think... all chose Wout Van Art to take the win uh-huh. um, when we did our predictions, and uh, Wout Van Art came out on top. What do you What do you think, Spencer? Well, I, I think you misspoke a couple times just now. Um, uh, first off, I don't think anybody's wondering if Vanderpool was going to win. I think they were just wondering by how many minutes he was going to win. Yeah. And, very uh, true. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, it turned out to be very, very different. And um, there's probably a lot of different reasons for that. But uh, I mean, I think probably the biggest one has to be he was good in September. He was good in October. He was good in November. He was good in December. He had to be bad at some point. And he was good in January, though. Too, unfortunately, and February. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but at Did- some point, you can't hold on to that form. Like you have to peak. You know what I mean? You peak in Valley. Like you can't just be that good all the time. And I know, but Mike. And, uh, but I mean, he was also good in August. Like, he was winning road races. Like it's long. It's the well, longest he's peak of all. You know, to the ropes in, in, in mountain bikes. Yeah, but uh, Can- he clearly was not focused on worlds. And Wout was. All season long, since this day last year, focused on Worlds again. And uh, in his show, he came up prepared, and and he crushed the competition. So let me let me uh, push back as, a little bit on as that. As I predicted. So, Spencer, you, you were right. You, you did predict the, the Vout Van Aert victory. Congratulations. Take your victory lap. Um, fantastic. The Watching him win, like to me it seemed like Matthew Vanderpool's plan – was to go out there, put his stamp on the race, and show who was boss. He put in an attack that was unbelievable. Well, I think it was one lap into the race. Yeah, yeah. even like half. In that, it opened up a gap on Vout Van Aert. And I am sure I am not the only one that was watching going, oh, game over. Yeah. It's over, it was, right? Like, there's no chance. It was about half a and, lap in, yeah. And, and I thought, okay, you know, he put his stamp on it, whatever. Now it's a race for second place. The way Van Aert... And uh, was it uh, Van Tornout that yeah. was with him? The way that they kind of worked together to get back into a rhythm and to bring it back. I think at that moment, when they got back up to Vanderpool, or when Vout did, it was just like all of the um, – everything he had, he put into that attack and it didn't work and he was just defeated at that moment. Like at that moment, it was just like, I don't have it anymore. And he was just morally beaten, and Vout Van Aert was stood up to the task and just started riding away. I mean, it was unbelievable, the little sections where he would get a, a second or two seconds here, and before you knew it, he had such a big lap. That was my takeaway. Like, he tried, and it didn't yeah. work. I, I think, I, I don't know, I think it's got to be more mental. I I don't know mm-hmm. how, there seems really? to be, this seems okay. to be the one race that, like, gets too much into his head, because I remember last year, he lost Worlds, and then he came mm-hmm. out, and and... And was like immediately the next weekend was back to crush and wout, uh, and I kind of think that's what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks too. Is he's going to come out yeah. and be just as good? I feel like it's more mental, and it's crazy because he looked off. He looked like he was having an off day. And, oh, for sure. And he finished, he finished third. And like, look at some of the time gaps to some of these guys. Like, who are the best racers in the world who are finishing? three four five minutes down you know like just a huge yeah. gap and he has his worst day of the year and what does he do he gets a bronze medal at worlds it's insane um yeah but you're you're right i mean he did look off all day um you know he especially after wout got away from yeah. him he started making lots of little mistakes yeah. like not huge mistakes but a couple small dabs, bad lines, like 
that kind of stuff. You could see it and you could see him. I don't even think he was getting necessarily frustrated by it, but you could see him not focused. Well, you know, you could physically see that. He was messing with his zipper. You know, how, did you see how he was yeah. like most races? Yeah. I mean, if uh, we've all seen this heat, the race starts and at some point he does like a half zip. He does a half schleck. Even when it's cold out, he like unzips the jersey and he was trying for a long time to get that jersey to go down and he couldn't. And it was like, are you just focusing on that so much and it's driving you nuts? Like you don't quite have the normal legs. You can't get the zipper down. You're frustrated. Like, And nothing to take away from Matthew Van Tornot or Michael Van Tornot. Matthew, that's my name. Um, <laughs> that's a good name. Um, no, nothing wait, no, Nothing from Michael Van Tornot. He obviously had the ride of his life and was so pumped for for a silver medal. Did you see that second yeah, place like celebration? Was so that was the greatest second place celebration and, of and all it's time. It's great, and I'm super happy for him. He's a rider I really enjoy, even though he gets off on the incorrect side. Um, oh, it was a thing of beauty. <laughs> but, but, like, I don't think he's ever beat Matthew Vanderpool. I don't know if that... I, yeah. I haven't checked the facts on that, but, like... He's he's maybe pushed him close, or maybe he's beat Vanderpool when Vanderpool's had like seven mechanicals, and he's been close to Wout and and Vanderpool a few times, and like he's a guy who's like in the running for third, but he doesn't ride away from Vanderpool like that does not happen. It's never happened, so it was a it's, weird day, you know. Yeah, it it was. You could tell at the end that Vanderpool like easily could have gotten fourth, and it could have been the the Belgian sweep. Right, and then you could see that okay, you are on your, you know, in your homeland or quote unquote homeland, that you know you need to you know at least say you know salvage a medal, and then he did turn it on a little bit to get third. Yeah. But um, now uh, a quick shout out: we did get an email from a longtime listener, uh, Adam, who hits us up and says, "Hey guys, love your pod. Listen to it while I do core stretching in the morning." Anyway. Just listened to the Fat Bike podcast, and I was a little disappointed you didn't give a shout-out to U23 rider Gage Hecht, Pan American champ who ended up ninth at Worlds uh, from the U.S. Yeah, I mean, great job. I mean, you know, we can only fit so much awesome into the podcast. We didn't even talk about how the American women slated down the board in the top ten. But uh, how did Gage – Gage got ninth. Did you guys – no, find anything out about the U23, both men and women, like how we totally fared or how gauged, you know, how far back he was? I didn't watch any of it because it's on so early and I was so sick. So, I don't know. All right. <laughs> I know he's got a moots, which is always pretty awesome. Welcome to the uh, 35 plus yeah, army. I know he's, he's starting young. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> hey, uh, little guy, I want to jump back just a second. I just popped up the crossresults.com uh, site yeah. and uh, plugged in. Vanderpool and uh, Van Torn. Right. They have, in the past 12 months, yep. they have raced each other 30 times. Yep, and? Six times Van Torn out did not finish. Yep. The other 24 times he finished second to Vanderpool. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So it's. The, the, I mean, he was so pumped when he got second. Oh, yeah. It was a thing of beauty. I mean, I loved every. Oh, man. Yeah, it really was. I, he's a rider I really like, so it was it was exciting. And he's obviously like I, I feel for him, I guess, because I've often been that guy who's in third, third or fourth place in a cross race, and, and I'm chasing, and I'm like, there is just no way I'm never going to catch these other guys. Like they they just got another speed. Um, and occasionally, you know, you get well, you you get lucky, you catch them on a bad day. Yeah, the um. Hey, let's uh, we're gonna flip gears a little bit. We got a nice tweet from uh, Alyssa uh, Smith who hits us up and says, 
Uh, from Scotland, by the from way. Scotland. One of our our only listener in Scotland hits us up and says, "Hey, Slow Ride Pod, I have a discussion topic for your next show. If you could morph any uh, two bike pot parts to create a super part, what would they be?" Because she's talking about the great tire switcheroo mm. that um, is out there and the news that's out there about the tire selection. And Alyssa, Alyssa, we will talk about a super part in the future, but this does get to the question, Spencer. Yeah. Tire tech at Cyclocross Worlds. You were, you're a man on the ground reading a bunch <laughs> of articles. What have you learned for us on the big tire switcher route? Come on. Uh, well, I mean, the, the, hot, the hot news out there is that Wout was on uh, the special Dugast, uh, uh, special made for him mountain bike tread uh, tires that were glued up by, by Dugast like a couple days before, uh, specifically for this race, and that he was riding 30 yeah. millimeter tires rather than 33s. Now, I don't know if that's totally just so that the tread uh, would fit into the UCI uh, little measuring tool that they have, um, or or if he just likes the 30 mil tires. Wow. It, it sounds like he likes to ride 30 mil mud tires regardless. Yeah, you get some, uh, now, the max anymore. is 33, is yep. that correct? The max is 33 for UCI. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, uh, that's a pretty interesting thing that, that, that he rides 30 for, for a mud tire, regardless when everybody tries to get the fattest tire they can for mud. And that's why the 33, uh, millimeter limit is there is because, you know, they, people thought 35s and et cetera, were dumbing it down too much. Um, and now when, there's a, when we were couriers, we all rode skinnies though. Is that what you were getting at a little bit? Like with the thirties little guy that it cuts through yeah. the, uh, I mean that was you always know, the top layer, almost. Always the the the, the logic I'd I'd heard of. Yeah, that's the reason you got thirties was for the super muddy days when it just you needed to cut down through that mud because you weren't going to be able to actually shed it off the you know no matter how deep your tread was it wasn't going to sh- get out of there you know so I don't know if it, oh, okay. if he if he really wrote it that way or not it did seem like. It, more recently, basically everyone just rides 33s all the time, like Spencer's saying. So, yeah. Um, well, and then the other thing to consider is uh, that course with the ruts uh, as deep as they were and as treacherous as they were, saving yourself a couple millimeters might actually make those easier to ride and stay in. You know, um, as as small of a, an amount of of measure that as a couple of millimeters is, uh, you know. I think it could help. Yeah. Did you see pictures of it? I still haven't seen a picture of what this tread is differently because it, it seemed. I heard the talk and I just I, I just want to know. No, there's 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 rumor that it's some 26 inch mountain bike yeah. tire tread, but you know every mountain bike tire in Europe is a 26 inch uh, mountain yeah, bike tire. Yeah, like so it should be. Could be anything. <laughs> um, um. Now I gotta let the cat out of my room, or else uh, we're gonna have a visitor. So oh, cool. You talk amongst well, yourselves. Now the other the that. other news little guy was that they all switched over to the Challenge Limus tires, which seemed like probably the the greatest advertisement for Challenge tires because they all went to the the more aggressive mud tread, except Vout. And the other part of the article, besides the switching to the Challenge tires, was this mention that Nil, that Albert, uh, Belgian national team coach Nils Albert, has a uh, like basement yeah, just full I've of tires, oh, like yeah. like this unlimited tire supply, and you're kind of like. 
man, I want to go to see the tire farm. You know, <laughs> like, like, has he got him aged like in a humidor? You know, <laughs> like, like, what's it like? Yeah, I, I, I'd heard that. I mean, that was kind of the talk last year too. I was just surprised that we mm-hmm. went, we went from the, the one crazy tire thing to another, and uh, how much of it is real and how much of it is just. Um, Albert playing this like total mind game at every cross worlds, you know. <coughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. I think I, it's, I think it's a little from column A and a little from <coughs> column B, there, little guy. Yeah, I mean, I I'd seen a few or a while back that there was a kind of a new Dugast mud tire that was kind of more squared. It kind of looked like the um, what is it? There's a there's a tufo that's kind of got square blocks and stuff too. That, but oh yeah, the cubus or whatever. Yeah, but I've never ridden the cubus. I don't well, know. Well, it was, was a, that, but yeah. There's nothing like a good old tire story to get the cyclocross world through the off season into next year's uh, cyclocross world cup, which is going to start in uh, Madison, Wisconsin. So. uh our long national nightmare is over, although it was pointed out to us by one of our listeners that Australian cyclocross season is only four <laughs> months away. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, uh, let's get into a pre lap, I guess. Hi, this is Dan from Nam, Namibia, not Vietnam, and you are listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Hey guys, the Prem Lap once again is sponsored by Endura, Endura Sport, your source for technical cycling apparel. Um, they have been with us. They've been generous enough to offer a coupon code of 20% off on the entire catalog for our U.S.-based customers. Um, unfortunately, it, it doesn't extend over to uh, you know our one U.K. listener or one listener in Germany. But check out, if you're in the U.S., go to Endurasport.com, use coupon code WIDEANGLE20 to take a look at the entire catalog. Little guy, this week, I asked you what your favorite new item in the catalog, new to you, is for Endura, and uh, what do you got? Well, I, I was looking at the, the Bob Bob Marino Tech Multi-Tube, which looks really nice, soft and cozy. Um, I don't have one, but it, it might be what I'm using that code for, because I've been trying to decide. Um, and it's, you know, it's cold up here, so... Well, and also, I want to look super Euro. Um, and there's nothing more Euro than than the the two buff, like in a color that that contrasts with your team's kit these days. Considor made it the thing. You got to do it. Um, it's the look. It's the total Euro look. And you got to buy it from a Euro company then. That Merino wool. You know, the, the Scots, they do know their wool. So, uh, you know, it's going to be the softest and uh, ethically... Uh, um, taken wool that, you, that you're going to be able to find out there. So that's some good stuff. Spencer, anything uh, catch your fancy lately? I know you're a fan of uh, some of the bib shorts and other things, but what do you get? What are you thinking? Um, yeah, no, I, I've got uh, such a wide range of, of Endura stuff that, that I do like um, that it's hard to pick one. And I know that sounds really corny and, and like I'm being facetious, but, uh, but it's true. Um, you know, I've got the booties, I've got gloves, I've got, I've got a jacket. I, I think well, if I uh, if I could pull one thing out that that I think people should go at least look at and and consider seeing themselves in it and and what kind of you know fashion message they could send to the world uh, you know for twenty percent less than than normal um, would be to go check out the single track jacket single track two uh, in camouflage because 
Yeah. It's incredible. It's an awesome looking jacket. It's versatile. It's useful. It's got a hood on it. Um, it's got camouflage. It's got high vis. It's got everything you need, and it doesn't look tacky, which... Yeah, Granted, you can every, wear it out. Yeah, everything that I just said <laughs> does not scream not tacky, but it's not, and it's it's impressive. Well, it's the yeah, that's a, it's I guess it's what the uh, Scottish are known for, right? The low key. My uh, my my product, everyone should go take a look at. Just go take a look. Is the uh, Pro SL Primaloft Gelee? I have this. It is the best product that I've had from Endura. Basically, it's a puffy uh, vest that fits into your back pocket, so it's perfect for those. Uh, 50 degree uh, Florida winter days or in Minnesota summer day, uh, 50 <laughs> to 60 degrees. Uh, it's perfect. It, um, it mm. gives you the, the insulation you need. It's got a little uh, windproof uh, layer, but then you can pocket it when you don't need it anymore. Just check it out. That's the Primal Off Gelee. But go to EnduraSport.com. The entire catalog for U.S.-based listeners is 20% off with the coupon code WIDEANGLE20. At the end, and you enter that at the end of the process. Um, I, I went into the cart, and it wasn't showing up right away, so I had to get through the process to get the 20% off. Anyways, check it out. And we'd also like to thank um, healthiq.com slash slowride, a place to go to save money on your life insurance. Mm-hmm. We've talked about them a while. They are a long-term partner. We love every bit of support they've given the podcast. And without uh, Health IQ and our listeners, we would not be where we are. So check it out. It's a quick little survey, and it's a you're a healthy individual. You're going to save some money on your life insurance. Yeah, no, it's great, and and like you said, they have been a uh, a long term partner of ours, which is awesome. Um, and they they really walk the walk. They don't just talk the talk. Um, they're saving people between four and thirty three percent. So the lowest, the worst you can do is four percent savings, which is still better than uh, than nothing. So. I would I would encourage you to check it out. Um, HealthIQ.com slash slow ride. You can uh, you know re- request a quote or you can take the quiz and uh, and try and uh, get some savings. If you score a lead on the quiz, that's your four percent right there. If you verify your fitness, uh, let them know you're riding your bike fifty miles a week, uh, for instance. Show them your Strava, whatever. That's another four percent. Those stack up, and then you get lifestyle credits on top of that, um, which could be all kinds of different things. So. Uh, you can save up up to another twenty five percent there. So you're you're pretty much a shoe in for that first eight percent, and then you get on top of that. Um, you know, so that that really adds up quick, and I think you guys will save a lot of money. And uh, you should definitely uh, do yourself a favor and do us a favor by checking it out. healthiq.com slash slow ride. And once again, a quick reminder that Google Play and the Apple iTunes Store has our brand new Wide Angle Podium app. Take a look. It's an easy way to download and keep up on your Wide Angle Podium Network podcast so you know what's uh, in your feed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, check you know it out. Those, uh, uh, great stuff. Bike Shop CX guys are going to be answering uh, all of Little Guy's questions. You know, you'll get the notifications <laughs> right, right in your phone. Exactly. And the new uh, We Got to Hang Out podcast as well. And, uh, other great shows on the Wide Angle Podium Network. So uh, with that, guys, let's uh, let's get back to the show. Ow! What's going on? This is Jeremy Powers, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, and uh, this week we have a new review. Thanks to Gummy Bears Revenge, who went over to <laughs> Apple Podcasts and left us a five-star review. Come for the cycling, stay for the dad jokes. 
Best weekly hour of cycling podcast on the radio. Usually good takes on cycling, regular segments, funny stories, contests, and more. That's that's the review. Great stuff. The only question I have is usually good takes on cycling. I like to think that we are well, 100% correct I mean, all the time. Two out of three ain't bad, Tim. I mean... That's that's right. So thanks for the great review, Gummy Bears Revenge. We love getting that. A um, couple of questions that came into the email box. You can always email us at the slowridepodcast at gmail.com. Sean from Chicago hits us up and he says, Hey guys, just wanted to first say thanks to the entertainment of the podcast. Been listening to every episode since I found it this summer. Please don't go any further back. Yeah, than don't, that. don't do yourself now, a favor. <laughs> I have a question about fixed gear etiquette in group rides and wonder what your take on it is. First, let me give you a little background. It's my father's bike, and roughly 34 years ago, I remember riding on the back of it in one of those child seats. He has since passed away, and obviously, this bike carries a lot of sentimental value. Ten years ago, I stripped it down and converted it into my fixed-gear commuter, and I've put a ton of miles since then and actually enjoy riding this bike the most. Anyways, I occasionally do some group rides and have been contemplating bringing it out on them for fun, bringing out the bike. I live in Chicago, so the hills are not an issue, and I planned on hanging in the back of the pack. These are not fast-paced group rides, so I feel like I could pull it off without an issue. Do I need to at least have a front brake to put others at ease, or can I just trust my own abilities? Thanks for your input. Keep up the great work. Sean. So, gentlemen, first off, how do you feel about fixed gears in a group ride? Um, I, if, yeah. you, if you got the skills, then that's fine. I'm fine with it. You do know that the first group ride we ever went on, we were riding fixed gears. The three of us in jeans. Yeah, I do, and I do know that. But, uh, I do know that. Uh, I think me and Spencer made it out fine, and I'm pretty sure you yeah. ran into somebody. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. That was a. Now, there's a, a there's a couple of points about that group ride uh, that we were on fixed gears. Is the entire group was on fixed gears. It was yeah. Probably the only way that it's a hundred percent okay to bring a fixed gear on a group ride. Uh, the the seventy five percent okay way to do it is to put uh, some brakes on your fixed gear because I don't see a problem there. Oh. If if you got brakes and you can control your speed, uh, you're gonna be fine. Um, but uh, brakeless, I would uh, I would be working hard to drop you on that ride uh I, I, as nice a guy as i'm sure you are <laughs> I, I personally would be like nope i don't know who this person well, is done gone bye well, if, if if sean's in chicago he's not going to be bringing the 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 fixed gear on the judson ride which is the big like world championship ride there but i'm with you guys i think you know put a front brake on it that'll be fine and then just kind of hang out in the back i don't think it would be uh, too much of an issue if it's a bigger group ride they're probably not even going to notice um, on the uh, the ride I do here in town, um, the Eagle Circle ride in Orlando, every now and then there's a couple of uh, guys that show up with fixed gears uh, with brakes uh, in kind of the winter months, the old classic training, and it doesn't cause any issues. They, they usually hang out in the back. It's never a, uh, yeah. a big problem. That so if you know fine. what you're doing, yeah. you know, if you're not going to pull a rookie out there, then uh, I think you're going to be, uh, now, be I, what, right. I disagree where, with both where of you I guys. I thought this – oh, okay. Well, go ahead. I disagree. Uh, brakes, um, brakes are for fakes. We all know that. That's the, one of the <laughs> cardinal rules of cycling. Um, from a pure aesthetic point of view, if you show up on a fixed gear with just a front brake, even two brakes, it's disgusting looking. Um, it's kind of become the style around town. It's like people rocking surlies in all cities with front brakes, and I hate looking at it. Um, 
and I just want to see some clean track bikes out there. So I don't care if it's a little dangerous on the group ride with me. I want to see some style. I want to see your buff, obviously, uh, clash the appropriate amount with your kit, and I want the bike to be clean. Um, so uh, that's that's what I'm voting wow. for. Mr. Curmudgeon here, uh, no, well, always always with the hot take. Much like the review um, said, uh, usually good takes, but um, usually. <laughs> now, what what I was most uh, uh, interested in in this question, and where I thought it was going for a brief moment, uh, but it was clarified later, was I thought this guy, uh, you know, he said it was his dad's bike, and he used to ride around in the back in the in the little kid seat. I thought for a moment that the bike was fixed gear back then oh, as well. Yeah. And that his dad used to ride around fixed gear uh, with him in the back. That would be badass. Uh, which would have made oh, him wow. maybe the coolest dad <laughs> ever in that, history. That's like that that book, right? Like da- my dad was the original hipster, yeah. right? You see the pictures of the uh, the old dads with the the cutoffs, and mm-hmm. yeah, that maybe I'm, maybe I'm gonna ride fixed gear. Do you think Sarah will let me get away with that with a little high? Oh mark? yeah, totally. I mean, my handling skills yep. are well known. Yep, uh-huh. she knows. Um. <laughs> All right, we got a um, another. Uh, Great question this week from uh, Matthew Conti. Hits us up, guys. I was riding into work recently and had just arrived on campus and proceeded to clear my nose via a gentle snot rocket. Well, as I'm doing this, I realize there's a guy drafting my wheel, and I'm sure I hit him. <laughs> my first reaction was to apologize hmm. and to do so. Then I realized he didn't let me know he was on my wheel, so I said something like, Well, sorry you were there. One caveat <laughs> I don't listen with headphones. But I did have my speakerphone blaring some reggae mix or something, so maybe that's why I didn't hear him on my wheel. So a few questions. Who's at fault here? Should I have checked first? Should he have said he's on my wheel? (coughs) Secondly, are snot rockets okay as long as nobody's behind you? And third, do I need to check every time I snot rocket? And it was a little cold on the ride this week here in Orlando, and I had to uh, do a couple snot rockets. And I will say I get out of the pace line to give the snot rocket. I I kind of raise my arm a little bit saying like, hey, I'm, something's going to be discharged here. And then <laughs> it kind of lets people yeah. know. So I don't sure. think you need to turn around and look every time, but I think it's okay to make your action deliberate is what I would suggest on a group. I run. would say in the city, because this guy might've been drafting him, right? And that, that then it is totally the guy's fault that he got snot rocketed on. But, you know, especially if he's, so like I was when I heard this, I was thinking of when I was at the U of M, of M riding like through the U of M campus, and often everyone's riding different speeds. There's people walking everywhere. You just end up sort of catching up to people and being right behind them occasionally, unintentionally for a second or two. Um, this person might have just whipped around a corner, and you were slowing down to stop, and you did a last minute snot rocket, and and they they were just trying to pass. You know, I just feel like in the city in a heavy trafficked area. You got to be careful with those snot rockets, you know? Mm. I think it's... Free the snot rocket. Free the snot rocket. That's what I say. Nah, you got to look, I, man. I, I say... You got to look. I say, you, you, you got to blow, you got to blow. Let it, let it flow. Um, fire, the, <laughs> fire those bad boys off That's... left to right, whichever direction you need to go. Unless, like Tim says, you're in a group ride, then you pull off a couple feet out um, and, you know, yeah, blow it off to the side th- of the road. But... This this story, uh, you know, while his his accidental snot rocketing of a, of a wheel poacher, um, you know, was not intentional. This is my preferred method of getting someone yeah, off your wheel who is 
poaching. So, you know, he may have stumbled across uh, his own new method uh, for dealing with that situation in the future. Yeah, that's a, that's a good well, point, great, Spencer. That, great question. That is how you should... I mean, yeah, so I, I, I'll agree with you, Spencer. You shouldn't do it as what I believe. You should generally look around and check unless you know somebody is on your wheel, in which case you should yes. snot rocket um, and then pretend like you <laughs> didn't know they were there and be like, oops, sorry. The be- do your the best, best way is how he flipped it to be like, oh, sorry, didn't oh, know no, you were that's, there. That's yeah. perfect. Like, that's perfect. Uh, what well done. Um, quick, uh, quick just note we got from uh, Brian Hancock, longtime uh, fan of the pod. He hits us up and says, hey, guys, Fat Bike Nationals, only 70 minutes from my house. I registered. I don't even own a fat bike. But thanks to all of my friends, I have one on loan. And I'm looking not to get last in the Masters 39 categ- 30 to 39 category. So anyways, he may be doing some on-site reporting from us for us uh, wow. with uh, that's, his, uh, that's from his buddy Cy Gager. And uh, anyways, his iPhone might be able to record some voice memos. So that'd be good. If uh, we'll, he, uh, we'll see if, what happens. If he sees Hincapie out there, can he can he get a quote for us? Oh, I hope so. That's that's the you know we need to get that interview at some point. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, here we go. A um, couple of quick uh, tweets. Brad Soner opened our eyes, gentlemen, to perhaps the greatest promotion c- commercial for a bike race in the history of bike racing and the internet. Um, Head over to Brad Soner. He's tweeting this every single day until the race sells out. <laughs> I sent it to you guys. It is the Missouri State Road Race Championship, and we have done a 180 on Missouri. Our friend in St. Louis, Beatus, uh, on uh, Twitter has also been giving us some uh, good co- content on this race promoter that he announces in a leopard skin shirt and robe at times. Um, this video, if you have not seen it, is a thing of beauty. Yes. It needs to be tracked down. Um I am considering traveling to Missouri just to participate in this race based solely on the commercial. I know nothing about the course or the competition or my fitness, to be perfectly frank, uh, but I think it seems worth it. Uh, but all of those questions, Spencer, he would have answered in he answers in the video, right? Like every no, hey, I know. never raced before. <laughs> and then the best part is when he's like, are you a pro? Sorry, can't race in the Missouri State Road Race Championships because it's for amateurs only. But you can win thirty one hundred bucks, and it's like it's fantastic. It is so good. So thank you, Brad Soner, who appears on uh, Wide Angle Podium's uh, Laser Radio Show. Yeah, uh, for the great uh, find, I loved it. Track it down. We will tweet it a couple times, but it's definitely a hundred percent solid. So you goal. guys, I watched that video. It's a good video, but it still looks like a road race. Man, did it look depressing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got to admit, some of those pictures well, of packs yeah. just rolling along an endlessly straight road, and and in early early spring, so it's just but, there's fresh manure on the fields, but it's just sort of blowing. All the tops always blowing off into your face. It's like it's like Ken oh, Woods. Yeah, it's exactly like Ken Woods. But but little guy, the video makes up for it. I mean, that thing was a thing of beauty. I mean, talk about putting a you know lipstick on a pig. I mean, that that was it's that yeah. video. Like we need more of that in cycling to make this sport. No, awesome. I I agree we do. But man, I, it takes it would take more than that to get me to a road race. Like a like I mean, a new, little a guy, what what road race are you promoting though? Really, I, and. And and Tim, you as well. Like, what what road race are you promoting? No, huh? I'm I haven't promoted road race. Well, I'm just saying. I, well, yeah, I, I don't even know what, what you, amazing links you, you would you, have to go to convince me to go to a road race anymore. Little, it, little guy. Okay, I'm gonna little, I'm gonna drive guy. Segway Sam yeah. Segway into here. Um, 
Little guy, we know you're not promoting, but man, this weekend, you know who is promoting something? Oh, uh, you? Me. The 8th Annual (laughs) Doc Hollywood Invitational in lovely Micanopy, Florida. The biggest and most spectacular cycling event to ever happen in the state of Florida is happening for the 8th year in a row, Sunday at 10 a.m. in downtown Micanopy, home of Michael J. Fox's greatest movie, Doc Hollywood. So come check it out. 80 miles long. 60 miles of great asphalt, some rolling hills, and then 20 miles of uh, lime rock gravel roads. So Guys, every year this Paris race Bay. gets bigger. It's Paris Bay, and the best part is it's absolutely free. Whoa, free. what? That's nuts. And uh, w- yeah, that- years ago. Yeah, go ahead. No, I've been led to believe by race promoters everywhere that uh, you need to charge 40 to $50 to make a race happen. Well, no, because the only reason that this event happens is because uh, eight years ago, um, Keith, my uh, business partner at Swift Cycle at 607 West University Avenue in Gainesville, Florida, and I decided to um, put on a little ride, right? We were like, hey, you don't need to pay $40 to put together a little event and to make it something fun. And it kind of takes a little bit after like Almanzo and some of those other races. So we just picked a date on the calendar and told all our friends it was going to be awesome. And... It's been awesome every year since. Uh, one year, a, uh, another friend of mine put it on when I uh, was moving down here to Orlando. I still got to go do it. And every year it grows in size, and it's become a uh, pretty consistent uh, good time for the people that show up. And we're probably expecting like 50 riders this year, so uh, it's going to be pretty good. So anybody can put these types of things on, um, yeah. and you don't need to always make it a USA Cycling event. Come up with a goofy name, and then uh, maybe give away a prize. One year it was the VHS copy of the movie. Um, I've given uh, away the cassette tape of the soundtrack. Uh, I've given away uh, um, a gift certificate to the Thai restaurant that Woody Harrelson and Michael J. Fox <laughs> went to go eat at during filming. I mean, it's great yeah. stuff. Uh, that now, is good stuff. The course itself, there's a section of the course where there's a, a train crossing. And the train does come through every – like I looked at the timetables once from CSX Rail. And the train does come through like in the afternoon, but we've always missed it by like 45 minutes. And I really want there to be a year where the train comes and there's a break on the other side of the train, just straight up Paris through Bay. It would be yeah. a, a thing of beauty. But uh, yeah, man, I, people come into Florida, especially North, uh, central Florida, and they think it's going to be flat. And there's actually some pretty decent hills. So this, this course does uh, kind of whip you up a little bit but anyways i have a ton of fun promoting it anybody could do something like this spencer i expect you to do one in boston and little guy uh maybe you can uh get a uh a turtle uh turtle tussle up there in uh, minneapolis and we could get something <laughs> together tussle. all right okay yeah there you go nice. and the, the solid gold the name yeah yeah well but, I'm, um, I'm gonna do the uh raspberry brevet that's my goal so. uh raspberry brevet will be a fantastic i'll come to that one of these years you guys got to come down to the doc hollywood i know the 10th annual one's actually gonna be pretty big uh but yeah, um, and like if you to. if you can't come to the race, just just watch the movie. I mean, little guy, like there's so many jokes about metric oh. uh, car. Parts. Hey, I know. I mean, I mean we so the good. one the one time I visited you in Florida, we we watched the movie and and we Jesus. I believe we rode a chunk. We rode out of that city or out of that town, so it was nice. Yeah, yeah. It was it was time. awesome, wasn't it? It was a good time. It was a really good ride. It was really nice roads around those parts, and we went into that little cafe and had. Uh, had a snack in our spandex, and everybody looked at us like we were funny. So that was great. Yeah, yeah. it was just, just like straight <laughs> yep. out of the movie. Yeah. Got a couple, uh, a, f- a few more tweets here, uh, and one in the, the, the last one is going to be definitely where we uh, wrap up the show because it is a catastrophe. But uh, 
First off, oh, uh, uh, Colby Cheesy hits us up and says, Hey, at the start of the U23 men's race, there's an audible heartbeat leading into the start. Of course, talking about the Cyclocross World Championships. Mm-hmm. Um, you can watch it on YouTube, but that the beat, he was asking what the insight was about it. I've heard it. Um, yeah. Do you want to take this one, Spencer? Um, yeah, I guess. I don't know what the uh, impetus for it was, but it's definitely something that you do at the beginning of all the World Cup cyclocross races and uh, and clearly the World Championships as well. They had it going in in uh, Madison at the Trek Cup when I was there. Um, but yeah, I've heard it on all the uh, all the feeds. And yeah, it's just a weird tension-building thing they do. Um, well, it's gonna, yeah. it's terrible, if you ask me. Like, I kind of hate it. <laughs> I, I hope they play it at Schwam again when we're on the start mm-hmm. line for our big mountain bike challenge in September in the north woods of Wisconsin where I'm going to defeat you both because the the anticipation is going to be like that heartbeat at the start line. Uh, but I'm with you, Spencer. It's it's pretty uh, it's pretty annoying. Um, Paul Buchanan hits us up on Twitter and says, "Hey, listen to the Slow Ride podcast once, and it was Bike Radar's question: Do you need a gravel bike? Does anybody? And this week on the podcast, we're not going to answer that. No. No. <laughs> no, come to the Doc Hollywood uh, Central Florida uh, next weekend, uh, free free for all, and um, yeah, enjoy yourself. Oh, the best part about Doc Hollywood is you could just use a road bike. And there's like, so a lot of people build up this excuse where they're like, well, I can't come. I don't have a gravel bike. And I'm like, sweet. Neither do I. I ride 25. So that's a, it's a thing of beauty. They're Um, thinking about it all wrong. You're built. What you just did was build up an excuse to buy another bike. Come on, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Get your priorities straight. Uh, Colin Hurley hits us up and he says, Hey, for the little guy. And I don't know if you saw this Mm -hmm. little guy, but a mountain bike tweet directed to you. It was a Klein attitude with the storm paint oh, yeah, job yeah, so that was nice. with twenty six with twenty six inch spinner juice. Oh, yeah. was, that was a thing of beauty. Yeah, beautiful, disgusting. Either way, it was nice. <laughs> All right, and uh, we got another email from our Twitter mentioned from George B. And this was on the Vela News um, uh, headline: Nibali will be super rookie at Tour of Flanders. I don't know if you guys yep. saw this, but Nibali. Admits he knows nothing about Tour of Flanders, and uh, George B. goes, Nibbles can't be super rookie, because there's only one, and he's on the Slow Ride pod. <laughs> so so th- thanks for that shout-out, uh, That's a pretty good one. Yeah. But now, to the, the tweet of the week. The countless people that have tweeted us in some fashion the brand-new FDJ kit oh, for the yes. 2018 so season good. from Groupama FDJ. So Gentlemen. We knew what it was going to look we like. We did, and it's so the good. The fact that we even took it in the second round of the draft, and then this monstrosity is released to the so public. Good. Little guy, you like this? No, I don't, I don't actually like it. I'm just in denial. Uh, it's, that is no, the ugliest kit that they could have possibly yeah. done. Well, I mean, they were going from a point of perfection. So all you can do is go down, I guess. I don't know. I don't, I've been trying to not think about it. It hurts. <laughs> oh, I mean, it was. It's a bad one. It's I mean, hard it's, not to think about. Like it haunts my nightmares. Yeah, I know. I woke up screaming in the middle of the night. The, the night, but I yeah. was hoping it was. If you look at how many, they they had what a fifteen year run of the greatest kits in the peloton, and then Jeez, if not more, my gosh, yeah, yeah. This thing, oh, I mean, so yeah, ugly. Like, uh, I don't know what they were thinking. Now, uh, we are just eighteen days out from the start of professional cycling season. From with Umlo, yeah, we're on the verge here. And little guy, you had a uh, quick mention that you wanted to get in um, from one of our oh, listeners yeah. there in uh, Minnesota. That hit well, you it's up. kind of a two part. It's kind of funny. So the other day, 
I went on Facebook, and you know Facebook brings up those little, like, here's your memories, and they show you pictures of you with your friends from years ago. And, of course, at first it showed me me with you two dorks at the foam party. And I, oh, and yeah. I said, oh, look at that. And then as I sc- scrolled down, it popped up another picture, which was, and you know sometimes it tags a little headline over it. It had a picture of me and Brendan Bellow and uh, Charlie Simichek racing at one of the Tuesday night cross races. And it said okay. something over the top of the picture like, where would we be without our friends? And I looked at that picture and I thought, well, I would have been winning probably. Or maybe I would have <laughs> been losing. But today, Brendan sent me a message on on uh, Facebook with a picture of a Phaeton fa- uh, uh, trunk hinge, which we've previously talked about on the podcast because it was made by Campy. Out of a out of Vito face mm-hmm. on, nice picture of one, and and I was like, God, that's beautiful, and I was like, Hopefully, you're not showing me that because it's broken, and he answered back, and yes, the trunk wouldn't open or close, but it wasn't the hinge's fault; it was a sensor. So, I was really nice. <laughs> it was a nice nice picture to get um, on Facebook. It is a beautiful hinge. If folks hadn't looked it up. Uh, Go check it out. It's the prettiest trunk hinge you'll ever see in your life. Uh, a lot of competition right, well, in that, too. Yeah, a lot of, yeah. Well, there isn't, but um, we've talked about it before. Campy has made a lot of cool car parts in their days. Uh, one of you guys posted something recently on the on the Twitter about yeah, the... Yeah, Jalopnik was just writing yeah. about the, the wheels. Yeah, they made yeah. a lot of wheels for a lot of amazing cars uh, back in the day. And so check so, it out. Well, you know, and... Uh, We'd like to thank everybody that had sent us countless uh, tweets and uh, various other messages at Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Also, feel free to email us any questions, uh, suggestions, or critiques at the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail.com to get them right on the air. And we would like to thank, thank, thank all of you listeners for tuning in. Thanks to BK1 for the use of the track Tema Du Cannibal off the album Radio Du Cannibal on uh, Rhymesayers Entertainment, also featured on All Things Considered on NPR. Thanks for, um, and we'd like to thank endurasport.com with the coupon code wideangle20 for all US based listeners to save 20% off the entire catalog. Take a look at the multi tube, the single track two jacket, or even the puffy gelee. Mm-hmm. And uh, thanks to healthiq.com slash slow ride to save money on your life insurance. Um, if you haven't already, subscribe on Apple Podcasts and give us a review. This is Tim in sunny Orlando, Florida. Is Matt in cold getting a little better, Minneapolis? And this is Spencer in uh, still not over the loss of the Super Bowl, New England. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you guys on the Greenway. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com. And on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. Podcast.